You're listening to Morning Edition on WNYC. Almost 900,000 New York City residents, or one out of ten, are disabled. And on a normal day, they navigate this world-class city thanks to elevators, wheelchair, accessible buses, and a host of accommodations. But advocates say Sandy showed the city is not able to protect some of its most vulnerable residents in an emergency. And those advocates are now suing the city, alleging New York's emergency plans violate the Americans with Disabilities Act. WNYC's Robert Lewis has been looking at the case. I'm Vivian Lee. And I'm Cheryl Wills with the New York One Minute. Mandatory evacuations are now in effect for residents of low-lying... One year ago, just hours before Sandy hit, Mayor Michael Bloomberg addressed a nervous city from an evacuation shelter on the Lower East Side. But the most important thing I can say right now is if you live in Zone A, you must evacuate. We have a plan to keep you and New Yorkers safe. If you follow that plan, we'll get through this storm just fine. But that plan didn't work for everyone. In the chaotic days after the storm, stories emerged of people trapped in darkened high-rises struggling to survive. This was WNYC reporter Marianne McCune in a piece that aired November 1st last year. McCune was helping an 87-year-old woman stranded in a housing project to call her best friend. Oh, it's ringing. Hello? Doris. Yes. Um, there's a reporter from the news helping me out here. They can't get me because I, I don't have no phone, no light, no nothing. So what you going to do now? What I can't do, can't do nothing. The two start to go back and forth, arguing about whether Mrs. Maynard should leave. I can't come down the steps because all the lights are out and whatnot. What am I going to do? You know, I can't walk too good. Now, many of the people trapped in such situations were young and healthy and chose to ignore the evacuation orders. But Julia Pinover says the city didn't do enough to evacuate and shelter thousands of elderly and disabled residents. During Sandy, we saw people with disabilities suffering tremendously and unnecessarily, in part because the city was terribly unprepared and confused about how to serve this population. Pinover is an attorney with disability rights advocates. The organization is suing New York in federal court, alleging the city's emergency plans are inadequate for people with special needs. People like Joyce De La Rosa. I'm in a wheelchair because I have an orthopedic bone defect. De La Rosa lives in an apartment in Kipps Bay, just outside of Zone A, with her daughter, who is also in a wheelchair. They stocked up on groceries and prepared as best they could for the storm. You know something? I still have my emergency supply food over here. But they weren't ready for the prolonged power outage after Sandy. De La Rosa uses an electric-powered oxygen machine at night. Without it, she gets headaches, her body hurts, and she can't sleep. My daughter wanted me to go to the hospital right away after 24 hours. Because she said, Mommy, you know you can't sleep. And um, you're going to have trouble breathing, you know, so she was really concerned. After three days without her oxygen machine, she finally called an ambulance. Advocates say the city had no plan to check on people like De La Rosa. Emergency personnel didn't start going door-to-door until 10 days after the storm hit. And the city's program to help evacuate the homebound might as well have been non-existent. It evacuated fewer than 100 people before Sandy hit and was never restarted after the storm. Those are just some of the problems flagged in the lawsuit against the city. Again, attorney Julia Pinover. We brought this lawsuit because people with disabilities in New York were scared of what was going to happen during a disaster. The lawsuit was actually filed in 2011 after Hurricane Irene, but the case didn't go to trial until this past March. The lawsuit is kind of amazing because if you read the complaint, it reads like a play-by-play for what happened during Sandy to the class of persons with disabilities who we represent. It's only the second lawsuit of its kind to allege a local government's emergency plans violate the Americans with Disabilities Act. The advocates aren't looking for money. 
but want the court to force the city to improve its plans. Sam Bagenstas, a professor at the University of Michigan Law School and an expert on disability law, says people across the country are watching the New York case closely. I think it's a very big deal. I mean, I think these are really life and death issues for people with disabilities. Uh, And this is a case that establishes the principle that people with disabilities, like everybody else, have to be fully accounted for in emergency preparedness actions. City officials declined multiple interview requests. But they did provide a prepared statement saying the city's emergency planning, quote, takes care to incorporate the needs of people with disabilities. But the Department of Justice apparently disagrees. The feds weighed in on the case in May, siding with the plaintiffs and urging the judge to rule against the city. Law professor Bagenstas says such filings can carry a lot of weight. I think it's a very significant event when the Department of Justice makes a filing like this. The Department of Justice is the agency that's responsible for enforcing the Americans with Disabilities Act against state and local governments, and they have a special responsibility to tell the courts what the law means. It means even in an emergency, the city needs to provide equal access to services for residents like Melba Torres. This is my room. Torres has cerebral palsy. She's maneuvering her 500-pound battery-powered wheelchair through her small New York City Housing Authority apartment on the Lower East Side in what was Zone A, the area most at risk of flooding in a big storm. She left this apartment before Irene hit in 2011 and went to a city shelter with her aides. I have to tell you that it was not equipped for us, for somebody in a wheelchair. They had military cots, so I stood in my chair and put pillows to prop myself. She spent the whole night upright in her wheelchair, trying to sleep. And if that wasn't bad enough, the shelter's bathroom door was too narrow, so her aides had to carry her into the stall. She says it was embarrassing. Because then everybody else that was trying to go to the bathroom would just stare at us, and they asked us a couple of times why it was taking us so long. So at that point, I really felt singled out. Despite the experience, Torres says she was willing to evacuate again during Sandy. But she says she didn't get a notice to evacuate until 5.40 p.m. the night the storm hit, less than three hours before her building's elevators were to be shut down. And she didn't have time to line up transportation that could take her wheelchair. We were still here. Um, The elevators had been shut down. So at that point, I was thinking, oh, dear God, how am I going to come down? I live on an eighth floor. Hours later, the power went out leaving Torres and her aide in total darkness. <laughs> a total fear came over me, and I just cried because I felt trapped. Her story was part of the case against the city, which went to trial in March. That trial raised serious questions about the city's emergency plans. It turns out the city didn't really have a way for disabled people to get information during the storm other than 311, which was overwhelmed and had wait times of 26 minutes on October 31st. The city also failed to stockpile shelters with items for the disabled, like meals for diabetics. And testimony revealed officials didn't even know how many shelters were accessible to people in wheelchairs. In the past year, the city has tried to figure out which shelters are accessible. And a city task force recently recommended making door-to-door searches for the vulnerable standard protocol. But Pinover, the disability rights attorney, says she has seen little change. I haven't seen any improvements in the plans over the past year. So I, I think if a hurricane were to hit tomorrow, we'd see the same thing as we saw during Sandy. Advocates and others are waiting for the judge to issue his opinion in the case. It could come any day now. They say it's worth noting 
that while the city has few detailed plans for helping the disabled, it does have a plan for some other vulnerable residents. The city has a 133-page disaster animal response plan with a detailed search and rescue protocol for pets. For WNYC, I'm Robert Lewis. To see WNYC's ongoing coverage of Life After Sandy, go to WNYC.org.